Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Kunle Barker has many strings to his bow, including property expert, design and build consultant, and owner of award-winning illustrious homes construction and design management company, whose projects have included residential properties, schools, sports centers, and renovations. His knowledge and expertise in these areas led him to becoming a TV presenter on ITV's Love Your Garden and Renovate Don't Relocate series, and he speaks at live events, including The Ideal Home Show and Grand Designs Live. In all of these roles, his eye for what makes a good property shines through and has put him at the very top of his game. This is a real treat today. We don't get many really famous people, but this chap isn't just famous, he's also super talented. And I've been looking forward to having him on the Sandro Forte podcast for a very long time. But because he's such a busy boy, it's been very difficult. But today is the day, and I'm absolutely delighted and thrilled to welcome our guest today, Kunle Barker. Sandra, oh, thank you. What a wonderful and a lovely um, introduction. Thank you. No, no pressure. Lot to live up to, huh? But <laughs> your, your reputation uh, and uh, and credibility precedes you. Let me ask you, since we don't have very much time to find out all about uh, the great man that's on our podcast today, how did you start out in the property world, Kunle? So um, yeah, I I got into property or property development when I was a student, actually, and. I was um, just about to finish my master's degree at Leeds University and um, my bank manager called me up and said, oh, do you know there's this thing called a graduate mortgage? I said, I, no, I don't know what about that. What is it? And she told me it's 100% mortgage. You can buy a property. So I went and bought um, a house on a, you know, a five-bed house. It was a, you know, in, a, in, a, you know, in, in a place called um, um, Woodhouse in Leeds, which is a very kind of famous student area um not that salubrious but it was a uh, it was good value for money anyway in terms of square meters so I, I bought that house did it up i lived at the top and rented rented the others out to some friends and that's kind of how i got started in property wow um i'm just i'm also shocked at hearing that a bank manager actually phoned you up um i think you're betraying your age a little bit here kunle because um i can't remember the last time a bank manager ever phoned someone i knew up but uh anyway uh, th- those days are long gone unfortunately but um so terrific i mean uh, an entrepreneur at, at the at the tender age of you know po- post university um what but what was your background training i mean you said he went into it by accident but uh, you know how, did you train for anything else or has anything else materialized from that from that first property experience so my my degree, my first degree was in um, manufacturing systems engineering, and my second degree was in HR and marketing. But um, I think, you know, the interesting thing about property is, you know, and they talk about property experts. And I always have this little saying, you know, I said, well, we're, we're all kind of experts because we all live in homes and we, <laughs> we all, you know, we all, we all know what we'd like about homes. And, and, and so I kind of had always had that feeling when I was, was doing the property and I just looked at 
a house. I, I when I when I think back on it now, I mean, I was I was you know I was basically analysing the deal. But I, I looked at it and I said, well, this is a student area, so it wants to be for students. And I knew the kind of price people would pay, so I knew kind of what I should spend and to what level I should do it up. And I thought to myself, well, actually, ninety percent of the properties are at this level. So um, luckily for me, and again, I'm going to show my age. The um, the the IKEA in Leeds just opened, <laughs> so I was able to 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 finally get my hands on some you know good designed furniture, but you know for, didn't cost the earth. So I figured that you know if I I spent a little bit more, I could actually you know make this the standard of the of the student home so much better that. I probably more successful renting it out, and that's what I did. And, and in the end, that 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 kind of worked. And um, it, but it was very organic, um, as I said. Mm. I love that. I love that you. I, I'm going to quote you. I'm sorry if I've changed the word slightly, but you said uh, we're we're all kind of property experts because we all live in homes. And I, I've never really thought about that before. But I guess there's a there's a parallel with life in general. I suppose we're all experts in life it's it's not really until things happen to us whether by design or whether by accident that we kind of realize that we are experts or can become experts whether it be through resilience or accident or as i say design so um that's a really lovely takeaway for i think a lot of people listening that we you know we do if we if we apply ourselves as you've clearly done and and two degrees i mean that's um that's that's going some, um, but I suppose if you really apply yourself, then you 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 almost uh, it's almost difficult not to become an expert in something, and that's where a lot of people trip up is that that apathy. Um, and I guess therefore my next question to you, Kunle, with all your experiences, there's a lot of people out there that have got you know wild ambitions, uh, very creative dreams uh, and and thoughts. A lot of people have got great ideas, never seem to quite get those ideas off the ground and you're clearly a man of action what advice would you give to people who are who are kind of thinking well i've got this great idea but i can think of 10 reasons why i shouldn't do it right now yeah look i always say to people you know there are hundreds of reasons not to do something uh, but there's only a couple to do it so you should focus on those um and and you know and 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 just be be kind to yourself don't be quite so um hard on on in terms of what you think you should be achieving um and it's kind of you know you know just incremental small improvements or, or small goals always have the your eye on the on the on the goal on the end game or where you want to get but always remember you know I, I think back on some of the things that i've achieved and i realize that i didn't sit down in a room you know 10 years ago and plan out exactly how I was going to get to where I was, where I am today. I didn't even know I'd be here, if I'm honest. You know, this is not necessarily what I thought would happen. But what you should do is, you know, have a have a have a goal, have a have a dream, um, and 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 set yourself, you know, achievable um, tasks and goals that you can reach, and reach those. And what will happen is as you as you progress things will change because the market changes, because life changes, um, because, you know, you change and, 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 and go with that. That's fine. And just, and just keep, but you should always, always, the one thing you should always be trying to do is improve mm -hmm. in whatever way that is, but always 
improve and do as much as you can in order to make yourself better. And if you do that, in the end, I think you will get, maybe not to, you know, not necessarily to where you want to be, maybe even better than that, somewhere you didn't even expect to be or to, mm. you know, get to a place you didn't expect to get to. I did not expect to be where I am today. And um, it was, you know, as much by kind of fortune, but as well by the fact that, you know, I, I never... I didn't ever. I never stopped trying to better myself and, and, and to be better and do better and bigger things. And, and that's probably the you know the most important thing you can do. I think there's a Chinese proverb, isn't there? It goes something along the, uh, the lines of "luck is where preparation meets opportunity" or something like that. I'm probably uh, probably got that wrong, but something along those lines. So um, again, relating to advice for for people out there, young, young and old. Um, at what point, therefore, you know, you're a student, uh, well, post, postgraduate, you've uh, bought yourself this five-bedroom property, you're living in the top floor and you're renting out the other four rooms. Um, but at what point did it become a business for you? What point did you kind of wake up, if if that's what happened, and kind of go, right, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I think I've got enough experience and I've got enough confidence now to make this a business. And I suppose that leads to the second part of the question for people out there generally, Kunle, which is, you know, uh, how do I make the jump from employee inverted commas to setting up my own company and becoming employer? Yeah, I mean that that is a tricky question. Um, it's about your appetite for risk. Um, it's about your confidence. It's about your financial situation. To be honest, you know, when I made that jump, I I didn't have a wife, I didn't have kids. Um, you know, I, I had a mortgage, but it was very small, and you know, it you've got to live within the, in the the kind of realms of, of what your your reality is and, and, and do it like that. and don't be you know and don't be too hard on yourself the other point is it was a quite a long and slow transition for me to be employed to me uh working for myself so by that i mean i mean i was working for a, a production tv production company at the time in their, in their sort of marketing and sales department but at the weekends and in the evenings i was working with some friends of mine and we were buying properties and, and, and flipping them. Um, and we, we bought some properties in Leeds. We bought some in Leicester. We bought some in London. And, and we were doing and we were doing that. But we were all we all had other jobs. We all had full time jobs um, whilst we were doing it. And it wasn't until about two years into that that I said, "Look, you know, we could really develop this business, but I can't do it if I'm you know working." And and so I left my job and kind of ran the company you know, on their behalf as it were. What about the the various projects now that um, you've completed? The, which ones, Kunle, have been the most rewarding, and why? Um, so I've done a lot of things, and I, you know, I've built big buildings, small buildings, um, high end, um, other, but the most rewarding. Um, it was a we did a job. I one of the contracts um, that I won when we were quite a young business, which kind of made the business really, was working for um, City West Homes, which was the old um, housing department of, of Westminster um, Council, and they had a property on Sutherland Street in a beautiful old Georgian kind of uh, terraced house, um, and we, um, I was asked if we could put a what they a mansard roof. So effectively, it's kind of like a loft conversion, but it's a bit of a bigger job than that. You're actually building another floor on top of the building, effectively. 
um, and we did that. And I always remember we went back um, to do some snagging a year after we completed it. And what I hadn't realised is the reason that the council wanted to do that, there was a young family in there that had three kids and uh, the, the house only had two bedrooms. So um, all the kids shared one room. And when I went back, the um, oldest daughter said to me, you know, she said, you know, thank you so much because I've now got my own room and, you know, I can never really do my homework before. And, and now I'm able to, you know, to do my homework and, 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 and study. It's a small thing, but it was, it, you know, that really meant a lot to me. I think when you realise that something that you're doing is, is genuinely making a difference in someone's life, um, that's great. Oh, good answer. So, um, Kunle, countless property companies out there, uh, but what's been your secret to becoming an expert presenter on high-profile TV programs? Uh, and I suppose, of course, your company winning awards because they're not easy to come by, particularly in your sector. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the real secret is just a, a kind of honesty, a kind of, you know, we, I am, I, you know, the term expert for certain reasons, you know, we use, but as I said, we're kind of all experts. My job is more as a curator. You know, when I go into a room, with, with, whether I'm working with architects, designers, or the end client, my job is to really tease out of them what they really want and, and allow them to, to vocalise, to, to, to say, and to understand what it is they really, you know, they really need. And, and that's, a, that's the real talent of being able to, you know, design or build and, and deliver homes that, you know, really mean something to people. Mm. And, and what about the, the, the various awards? How, you know, what is it that, um, that makes you stand out from the crowd, I guess? You know, what, what has been the secret to your success in, in general terms, Kunle? Well, we, we won awards, and, and quite frankly, it goes down to the aspect of we always tried to make ourselves better, and, and that kind of philosophy permeated our company. A lot of the awards, the awards we won, we won because of the work we did, but what really set us aside was all of the other things that we did surrounding that. So the fact that I'd set up courses to train school leavers, to show them um, about, you know, the different types of careers that, that, it, that you could have in construction. Um, we, we did the same for retraining women and getting women, more women into construction. We ran and funded courses uh, with Camden Council in order, you know, in order to do that, we um, for National Apprenticeship Week, we we volunteered to to um, renovate an area um, of a, a block of flats, which was a kind of communal, which now they they now use as a communal hall for that block of flats. Mm. So it's about all of the other things that you do, you know, that are, you know, that make the difference. So you know. I mean, just the way to explain it is, you know, if you go for a lovely meal, you know, there's always something in the middle, like the, be it the steak or the fish, which is amazing. But then, you know, when you go in, it's the service, it's the, you know, it's the cutlery, it's the, the, the table, it's the setting, it's the, the plants, it's the, it's the accompaniment to the work, it's the wine, it's, the, you know, all of these other things make that experience better. And I always thought like that about what we did. So, you know, we had blogs, we did video blogs, we did events, we... Um, uh, we did all of this stuff that, you know, some people may have sat down and said, well, you know, we're, how are we going to make money from that? And the answer is directly, probably won't. But I always felt that it helped our business as a whole. And um, 
Yeah, so when we when we would apply for awards, it was kind of yeah, you know, we would we would win them quite easily, and and, and a lot of it was to do with all these other things that we did as well. Yeah. So indulge me for a second, if you would, and hopefully everyone listening will do the same. Uh, since my background, long time ago now, I hasten to add, uh, went to drama school for three years, did a bit of acting work. So I'm particularly interested in your, uh, in the way that your career's evolved. And uh, I, I guess I have to ask you, Kunle, have you had you ever thought about presenting before you you found your way into TV? Um, how did that opportunity come about? Um, and I guess why do you why do you think your experience made you the perfect man for the job? Is it based on what you've just said? It right place, right time, or was it a particular goal that you had to to get yourself in front of the cameras? No, I mean, it, look, it was never a goal for me. I mean, it's you know that it was you know, it would be a crazy goal, you know. <laughs> it's like you know, there's probably like I don't know the job that I'm doing at the moment. There's probably like three of those in the world in, in the country sorry you know there's not you know there's you know kevin mcleod's got one uh, you know and sarah has got another you know there's there's not that many of those jobs there's no way that i would sat down 15 years ago and said look you know this is what i want to do um it came about um again and it, it, it all, and it goes back to this thing of always wanting to improve yourself so what actually happened was that i as i said always did lots of video blogs and things like that i thought that was important so someone had seen one of those and asked me to do a, a pilot for a TV show. So, you know, the first episode, see if it's commissioned. Um, and they said, look, we like you, we like your videos, but hey, you know, you should go and do some training and it will be better. So great. So I, I signed on for this training course. In between doing the training course and them saying that, they then said, oh, no, the channel have said we're not, we, they don't want the pilot anymore. So they cancelled it. And I always remember thinking, well, there's no point in me doing this, you know, this this." TV training now, is there? And I thought, well, actually, you know, you never know what you're going to get from it. You should do it. So I went anyway and did it. And it was fantastic. It, was, it really helped me, actually. It really, um, really focused me. It really helped me with obviously presenting, but it also helped me with writing emails because TV is very interesting. You've got to get your idea over very quickly, very succinctly in a, in a short space of time. And that helps um, in every aspect of your, of, of your you know, of, of a kind of commercial or business world. So I did the course and nothing happened for three years. Three years later, the the guy who ran the course was working for another production company um, and he was sat at his desk working away and someone stood up three rows away from him, shouted to the woman he was sat next to and said, I'm really struggling to find a builder for this new Alan Titchmarsh show. I don't know what to do. And he said, oh, well, actually, I know one. There was a guy that came to my course three years ago. Here's his tape. You should call him. And that's how it started. That's where it came from. What a fantastic story. Um, yeah, talk about right place, right time. But uh, clearly, as you say, by wanting to better yourself constantly, putting yourself in that situation, back to that Chinese proverb, I guess. Um, so what about speaking live? I mean, obviously, different uh, a different form of, of presenting skill required there. Many actors say they prefer theatre to uh, acting on TV sets, for example. So in the same way, did you do you enjoy communicating with your audience on that personal level more than the, uh, the, 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 the slightly nuanced way of communicating that you have via TV camera, for example? Uh, yeah, it's different. It's, you know, they're, they're kind of two completely different things, really. Um, uh, the live stuff is, is great because... Um, 
and, and especially the things that I do. And I'm very specific about what I do. I only do things that are to do with my expertise and to do with property. So I'll only do things like brand designs, live, and um, and the Ideal Home Show, which and, and UK Construction Week. And and the reason I love those, particularly the the Ideal Home Show and Grand Designs, is you're really helping people. You know, people are there to to try and improve their homes, improve their lives, and you know the knowledge that you have, things that I I, I talk about that I think are, are common knowledge. I, mean, I, I get a real kick when I say something, and they're like, "Oh, that's great! I didn't know that." I'm like, you know, if I was going to you know kind of write a book or something, I probably wouldn't have written that because I would have thought I'd have just assumed that everybody would know that. So um, the live stuff's really good, and it's that live feedback. It was um, I do get nervous. Um, I think I always get a little nervous. Um, and it's quite funny when I, when I do grand designs, um, I'm kind of like Kevin McLeod's understudy. So when he's not there, I do all of the sessions. So when we're backstage, there might be up to six or seven people ready to get on stage and they're all say the same thing. They all say, Oh gosh, I'm a bit nervous. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, I am too. And this really, you don't look at us. Well, no, no, we all get, it's natural to be nervous. Don't worry. And I always say something like the first question that just have that in your head, say that. And don't worry about the rest. We'll just chat. And, you know, it's really interesting, um, you know, talking live. I think um, a lot of people, it, it's more about just communicating. And, you know, similar to what you said to me when we first started this, you know, let's just talk like we're in the pub. And that's kind of how I try and do it. I try and just talk to people, even though there may be 100 people or more. I, I feel, you know, you try and remember that you're talking to one person. And in terms of TV, um, that's actually the real secret of being good on television, especially the sort of thing that I do, is to be able to um, talk to one person who's on the other side of that camera, who's, on, yeah. who's watching the television. And if you can do that, I mean, the, the, you know, the best people like Kevin McLeod, that's what that's why he's so good. You know, he can when he when he's when he does his. I mean, he does these amazing pieces to camera that I'm very envious of his ability to do those. Um, and when he does those, there's those things at the end of the, of the, the show which wrap it up neatly and, and they're engaging and funny. Um, but you feel like he's just talking to you. And that's the, that for me, I think, is, was a challenge when I first started because going from public speaking, you speak in a certain way, even though you're trying to talk to one person because you have to kind of you know, have a presence. But when you're on, on the TV screen, it's more like you are literally just talking to a person in front of you. You know, we're very lucky. We work with, you know, the TV industry is full of incredibly talented people. We're a very talented team and director. And, you know, they guide you and they help you and they get the best out of you, which is, uh, and it's great. And I love it. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, so, so far, uh, Kunle, we've been talking about, you know, your achievements, the awards, the successes. Uh, I, I'd like to just take a moment, if I may, to kind of pull this into some kind of perspective. Um, if you don't mind me asking you, I, you know, I, and I can only presuppose here, uh, life always hasn't always been a bed of roses. It's probably not always been plain sailing. I don't suppose your life has, and career has been an upward only trajectory. So what about the challenges that you faced uh, throughout your life, whether it be your upbringing um, family background, or or just the the hiccups and the roadblocks in business. Uh, would you mind just you know sharing some thoughts, or maybe even a couple of examples around some of the obstacles you've had to face along the way? Yeah, I mean, look, there are always obstacles, almost you know weekly. You know, on a you know on a there is no you know the, it, it's tough, and it's tough to it's 
you know, make no bones about it, to run your own business, any business is tough. You have to have an element of almost recklessness because you have to be able to ignore all of the things around you that are telling you this might not work and that isn't going to work. And if this goes wrong, you'll be, and you have to ignore that because if you let that in, um, one, you probably won't do it, but if you are doing it and you let that in, you'll never be able to do it effectively and properly. So you have to block, you know, you have to block that out. And um, in terms of challenges, I mean, yeah, we've had, we've had all sorts of challenges. We've had, um, um, I remember once we were, we were doing really, really well and the business was growing and exponential growth. We won business awards and then one of our biggest clients on our biggest contract had said to us that they were they were they were just cutting our rates by you know by um like fifteen percent now fifteen percent off of your rates the way that that translates down into your kind of your your net profit is you know it, it, it kind of wipes it all out and you know and it means you're making you're losing money um and we kind of you know we sat down and it's important for me to be positive but to be realistic as well there's no point in me just saying oh it's all fine. So I sat everybody down and said, look, we've got a problem. They're cutting 15%. So what we need to do is we need to find 15% worth of savings in this company, in our process, without, you know, um, affecting the quality of the service that we provide to the client. And we sat down, it took us about a week, and we got it to 20% down. So we were actually making more money. <laughs> um, but it was – and actually, weirdly, I was – when that, all that happened, when, that, when we did all that, everybody was, you know – very happy and we were, it was amazing and then all of a sudden I, I got quite sad and they were like well, what's wrong and I said well all that means is for the last three years I've been losing 20% <laughs> right and that was a and that was a really interesting lesson for me and um and the, the really good thing about business is and people talk about trials and mistakes you it's just it's just human nature you learn more from your mistakes than you do from your successes mm. I, I am sat here now because of the amount of times that something's not worked out or I failed at something, not, and not because of the amount of time I've succeeded at something. That's a really important thing to understand. And from that moment on, I was always key on our efficiencies and how we were, how we were doing things. And I did not take for granted just because we were hitting a, an amount of profit or an amount of margin that we wanted. I did not always think that... Oh, that must be okay. I wanted to see it and make it, make it better. And that's something that we do even today. And you know, um, you know that that principle works with some clients that I consult with, uh, Melt Homes, who made that you met Evan, and I know there was an architect called Studio Anya that I work with. And even today, I've been talking to James, the founder. And uh, so, in terms of your your own character traits, are, are there any particular traits that you've carried? throughout your life post-university uh, post that have kind of got you to where you've got to? What I'm really asking is, um, what do you see as the fundamental um, uh, component parts of the toolkit for success in life? You know, what does one need to be successful in whatever it is they, they attempt to do? Um, you need to be honest with yourself. You need to understand what your skills are. You need to understand what your flaws are. They're important to understand as well, because effectively your 
your ability to succeed is how well you manage the good parts of your personality and the not so good parts of your personality. And that is an ongoing struggle, battle, um, challenge, whichever you want to call it. Um, I am better now at the age I am than I was 20 years ago. Absolutely. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm better at my job. I'm, I'm better with people. I'm better at getting the best out of people. I'm better at achieving things. And I will be even, I will be better still in 10 years to come, you know, and it's, it, it, you know, it's really important to be honest with yourself about what's going on. And particularly in a, um, when you are running your own business, because there's an element you need a kind of ego. You need, that's what, you know, allows you to be able to get up on stage and, 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 you know, and say, and, and tell people things, you know, and tell people this is the way you think things are. And, you know, people always ask me, oh, yeah, how do you do that? And why are you going to be proved wrong? I said, well, the first thing you've got to understand is, you know, a lot, a lot of things are based on opinion. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't lecture on mathematics or medicine. So everything else is kind of just opinion. It's just what I think. You may think, um, you know, a roll-top bath is a horrible thing. I, I might think it's great. And, you know, I'm just telling you what I think, and you, you're free to disagree and, and think differently. The difference is, though, that my opinions come from experience of seeing lots and lots of different things, lots and lots of different homes, lots and lots of um, different properties, and, and, and making, you know, mistakes. And, and, and so... There is an element that my opinion is 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 is, is based on that. It's not simply I didn't just you know look at a picture and decide that I like that bath or this bath. There's a reasoning, you know, the reasoning behind that. But I think yeah, the key is to to be honest with yourself and and also to be. Um, I I I, think I was always very when I was especially when I was younger. I was very. You know, I had to control everything. I had to decide. I had to you know and and now. Um, I I understand that the best way for me to be is to is to kind of help other people and 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 and, and guide people and, and be the guide and be the conductor, the curator, whatever of other people's talents and get the best out of them. And if I can do that, then my experience allows me to shape what they're saying, what they're doing. But that's the you know the way to be. And I I feel now with the work that I'm doing with Melt Studio and with Illustrious Homes on TV. That is what's bringing out the best in me. Is, is I've got to that point where I'm, I'm comfortable with sometimes saying no, 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 I'm wrong, or you know, or, or actually, not, you know, not about being right or wrong. Just saying, okay, well, that's their opinion. I tell you what, let's go with theirs this time. That's fine. Let's see what happens. So. Yeah. Good, yeah, good answer. Good, very good answer. Um, how do we find out more about you, Kunle? Uh, for for those who are listening to this podcast, and I, and I I should just take this opportunity to apologize for the sound quality. I, I mean, it's uh, difficult when you're doing things remotely, but that is forced upon us to some extent. So apologies uh, if some of the sound quality isn't up to its normal standard, but notwithstanding, how do we find out more about you, Kunle? Uh, website presence, uh, uh, social media kind of guy? I'm not sure. Tell us how we find out a bit more about you. Yeah, so the, the main the main way to find out about me is, is my website, kunlebarker.com. And um and but then you know I am on um Twitter, 
Um, Kunle Barker, Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram, so you can find me there. But but everything links back to my website, so that's the best place. It has all my all the articles that I'm writing, the projects that I'm involved in, uh, my parent, my public appearances are all on there. Fantastic, thank you. And the final question, since we ask all our guests, uh, you're not getting away with it. Uh, given all of your experience to date uh, and that experience that is yet to come, as you've pointed out, and long may that continue on behalf of everyone listening, um, if we could encapsulate all of your advice in one or two simple sentences, in other words, we were sort of saying, okay, uh, fantastic, everything you've shared for the last 30 minutes has been amazing, thanks so much. Um, if you could just summarise it for us, what are those sort of two or three key things that we might need to be more successful in whatever it is we choose to do? Be generous enough to take people with you on the on the journey and to focus on their strengths and not their weaknesses and and engage with people and and and, and be kind, I think. You know, and, and and it sounds kind of strange in a in a kind of you know in a in a in a business sense, but for me anyway, those are the things that um, the most the successful people that I work with do, and that's why I I, I like working with them. Um, and I, I believe that is what that's the single thing that's probably improved in me over the many years, which is allowing me to to, to have the success that I'm having at the moment. And that is one of the nicest ways I think we've had of finishing a podcast on this Sandro Forte podcast series. That is a unique final answer uh, of all the near 90 guests we've had, Kunle. That was uh, a really, really nice way of, uh, of finishing this chat today. And it was a chat, as we said at the top of the show, you know, uh, let's imagine we're having a, a pint of beer down the pub. Um, it's been, I mean, I know you are such a busy uh, individual and um, there's probably a dozen people who have mentioned your name to me. So I'm really glad we got the opportunity to tap into your wisdom. And I do want to thank you on behalf of everyone listening across nearly 40 countries, I think it is now. Uh, thank you so much for giving us the time, sharing your pearls of wisdom. Uh, and behalf, on behalf of everyone listening, I hope you continue with that success well into the future. Maybe we get you back as a guest and we listen to part two. How about that? Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast today. Kunle Barker, what a terrific chap he is and so much more to know about him, which hopefully will eke out at some point in the future. Each week, remember, we've got a new guest joining us to share their own insights into achieving success, overcoming life challenges or anything in between. Please make sure you subscribe, follow us on social media, Sandro's podcast with an S same on all channels. And if you want to email us with a question, it's hello at sandrospodcast.com. Please remember those two other very important things to connect with me, Sandro Forte. It's the real Sandro Forte on Instagram. And please leave a review on iTunes. And if you do, you'll automatically be entered into a draw to win one of the prizes donated by a guest of the Sandro Forte podcast. Until next week's fabulous guest, goodbye for now.